Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. I don't know if anybody else feels like I do, but I just want more of Him. Up to this point in my life, and I pray that I have a ways to go, I haven't gotten enough of Him yet. Have you? Lord, fill this place. Fill my life. I want more of Him. May it be so, Father. By the way, good to see you, Marcus. Bless you, friend. And Jesus often used imagery to illustrate his teaching. Imagery from, from, from everyday life. Imagery that just drew his hearers into the story that he was trying to tell them. One day, Jesus was walking with his disciples They were taking a journey, and they walked through a vineyard. Now, this was not unusual. There were many vineyards in Israel in Jesus' day. There still are many there today. So for the disciples, vineyards and everything about them would have been first-hand knowledge. Normal, everyday life. Nothing special. Walking through a vineyard would have been so normal for these men that it would have had no real impact on them at all. They're just walking through a vineyard, going from point A to point B, and they just happen along the way to walk through a vineyard. But this day, while walking through an ordinary, normal Jewish vineyard, Jesus stopped. He looked around. He walked over to the vine and reached out his hands and held a a bunch of grapes in his hand that was attached to a branch and plugged into the vine. And this is what he said, John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. Excuse me. You are, all, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. At that point, I think Jesus paused, looked around, walked over to a a pile of branches that were laying there, cut off the the vine, and they were just laying there at his feet. And he continues, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now at this point, I think Jesus takes His attention off the vine and the branches, 
and looks right into the eyes of the disciples. I think right at this point, he looks through the eyes of the disciples, into the center, the very core of their being, and he says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. You guys, you remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. This is my command. Love each other. Father, We bow before your throne this morning again. We sit at your feet and we ask you to speak to us. Jesus, we pray this morning that you would look into our eyes, into the center, the core of our being, and brand these truths on our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of the message this morning is called, Well Well Connected. See, Jesus is trying to get us to understand that there is a way to be well connected in the kingdom of God. Well, I don't know why I do this. Probably just curiosity, but I googled the words, well connected. Now, a lot of things came up as, a, as an answer to that, that, that Google of well-connected. But one thing that, that caught my eye, they were, there were articles written about the stimulus package that is being discussed, the, the, the TARP package that is being discussed in Congress at this time. You know that little bill they're talking about, that little price tag thing they're, they're, they have going on down there in, in Congress. But, but the article said that there's, there's apparently some well-connected people that are benefiting from this bailout, if you will. That there are people connected, well-connected to congressmen and senators that are on the list to, to get some help. That there's even a few people on the list who, who didn't meet the requirements. So the congressman went back in and, and changed some of the rules and lowered the standards so that, that their well-connected people could, could get part of the bailout. I guess the old adage is still true. It's not what you know, it's who you know. I guess that's, that's still true. Being well-connected. There's a lot to be said about being well connected. Jesus was talking about being well connected in the kingdom of God. 
Jesus is saying to us, to his followers those many years ago, and to us today, that there is a way for us, those people that claim to follow Christ, there is a way for us to be really connected into the vine. See, back then when Jesus was talking to these disciples, the disciples probably were thinking that the vine in the Old Testament is often referred to as Israel. For example, in Psalm chapter 80, starting with verse 8, he says this, You, God, brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. But in Hosea chapter 10, it tells us that that the vine, that Israel became an empty vine. So back to to, um, Psalm chapter 80, starting with verse 16, it says, Your vine is cut down. It is burned in the fire. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Restore us, O Lord. Make your face shine upon us. Save us, Lord God Almighty. The people were crying out. And God heard the cries, the prayers of the people. And in the fullness of time, at just the right moment in history, God did send His Son, that one that was sitting at His right side. God did send His Son. And His Son came along and spoke these words to those followers and to us some 2,000 years later. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Perhaps to those Jewish ears that day, Sounded a little strange, maybe. Israel was the vine, God's chosen people. Now Jesus is saying, I am the vine. God's one and only. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Or, in the kingdom of God, you can be well connected. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, is a very beautiful, wonderful Full passage of Scripture. It is one of those places in the Bible where we ought to sit a while and just drink it in. It's one of those places in the Bible, those passages in Scripture, that you want to go back to and read over and over and over again. We're going to take a few moments this morning and take a journey through John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Excuse me. I want to do this by, by just touching on five key phrases that we find in these 17 verses of Scripture. Just five key phrases. Now, now, these five key phrases, I mean, if you want to, you could write them down and put them on the, the mirror or put them on the refrigerator. You know, the mirror in the bathroom is what I mean. Or, or the refrigerator, some place where you, where you go a lot. And just, just read these five key phrases. Brothers and sisters, now, now this is, you know, I believe this. If we grasp the concepts, the five concepts that I will identify in this passage of Scripture, 
We will be the church as God defines it. This whole passage of Scripture is crucial. And again, it should be studied and meditated on by all of us. Perhaps even memorized. Lest that kind of stuff gives you a headache. Perhaps even memorized. But this morning, we will leave it at these five key phrases. The first phrase is found in verse 4. Verse 4, it says, Remain in me. Jesus is saying to those disciples and those of us here today, and to anyone else who happens to read John chapter 15, remain in me. Now this first key phrase is actually the one phrase that the other four kind of flow out of, if you will. See, in other words, this is the key phrase. In fact, it is a key concept in the whole Bible. The fact that once we accept God, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are now to live a consistent life walking with Him. Somebody say Amen. All right. It is eternally important that people like us are in Christ for a lifetime. Being faithful to Him. Hanging in there, no matter what. Never giving up. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Putting your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the waters and keeping it there. Remain in Me, Jesus said. Now this concept, again, it's a concept that all of us have to grasp. Remain in me. You see, following Christ is not some nonchalant decision that we make someday. You know, maybe junior high camp, everybody's going down the aisle, I'll go to. It's not some, some nonchalant decision. It is, it is something that is transforming. We don't get up on Sunday morning and say, hey, oh, it's Sunday, I'm going to be Christ-like today. Or you get up on Tuesday. Tuesday, that, don't need it today. It's not, it's not that, no. It is something that we live with. It is something that we, that, that, that gets in us and transforms us and is, it is a way that we, we remain in Christ. We ask God through His Son Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. We invite Him, Jesus Christ, to come and live in the center of our lives. To set the agenda of our lives from the day we accept Him to the day we meet Jesus. He sets the agenda for our lives. We remain in Him. We live a consistent life in Him. We don't accept Christ one day and give it back the next. We don't move in and out of this transforming relationship, we are called, brothers and sisters, to live a life that is a victory and triumph in Christ. Jesus came, you know, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came for that. The Bible tells us that followers of Christ are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I just say this? Maybe this isn't appropriate for a pastor to say, but, but you know, wimpy Christians make me sick. Because that's not what it's supposed to be. But that's what's, what we're displaying to our world. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. 
complain, complain, complain. Jesus, why don't... Yeah, I, I just get... Can I say that? I get sick of that. Because that's not who we are. It's not who we're supposed to be. If we remain plugged in to the vine. Move on, Pastor Chuck. All right. Listen to the verse 4. Verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You see? You see? that? That's God's plan. That once we accept Christ, we, we stick with it by the grace of God. All right, all right, I hear you, Pastor Chuck. How do you do that? How do I, how do I get that? How do I get there? Can, can, can you tell me how I can remain in Christ and be that victorious, triumphant person that you're talking about? I don't want, you to, make, I don't want to make you sick, Pastor Chuck. Can you tell me how to be strong and victorious? Well, I've got two things for you. And when I tell you, you're going to shake your head, roll your eyes, or something like that. Here you go. This is how you remain in Christ. You remain in Christ by being a person of prayer. You remain in Christ by being a person of prayer. I'm not talking about two, three, four, five hours a day. No, no. I'm talking about prayer without ceasing. Now, brothers and sisters, you know, you know, we need to get this. We have been walking in the shallow end for far too long. It's time to jump in today and be made complete. I'm talking about the deep end. And part of that is a consistent, constant, I guess that's the same thing too. Yes, it's a consistent conversation with God. 24-7, all right, you can sleep. But I mean, I mean, this, this, this consistent conversation that goes on. You know, we know what that's all about. It's like with my wife. You know, we could be driving somewhere for like hours. And we'll be talking. I'll be listening. We'll be talking. <laughs> She's teaching Sunday school right now. Don't you tell her I said that, by the way, either. But anyway, we'll be, we'll be driving along, and we'll be talking. And then there'll be silence. You know, we'll be thinking or whatever, listening to the radio, and, and we'll, be, we'll be going on, and then all of a sudden we start talking again. And it's like we didn't stop the conversation. You know what I'm saying? We just keep talking. We keep the conversation going. That's what we need to do with God. Be so plugged in that we, that we communicate with Him on a consistent basis. Prayer. We, we, we remain in Christ by being people of prayer. Oh, here's another eye roller. We remain in Christ by living in God's Word. You know, Pastor, these are tired themes. Move on to something else. This is the else. This is it. Prayer, living in God's Word. Let me tell you something. If you are not a consistent if you are not consistently living in God's Word, you are not a plugged-in Christian. That's what it takes. Living daily in God's Word. Do you believe that? Okay. Two do. Remain in me. 
It takes discipline. Yes, it does. It takes a little effort on your part and mine. Yes, it does. It takes living a lifestyle of discipline. Spiritual disciplines. Now, you might say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you work on your golf game, don't you? You, you, you practice softball, don't you? Some of you even watch the cooking channel to get new ideas. All right, if you can do all that, can't you spend some time with the Lord? You see, can I say this? This stuff works. It works. Tuesday night, here, here in this place, we had, we had the, the, the district Sunday school spirit rally. A bunch of people from across the district here, northeast Indiana district, were sitting in here listening to a speaker speak. It was a good night. During the message, the speaker talked about one of his brothers. There's three boys in the family. They're all preachers. I can relate to that because I have two brothers and we're all preachers. I like that. You wouldn't like our conversations. I don't think it's just preacher stuff. But, but he was talking about his, his two brothers. He said his middle brothers had a tough life. He said he's been into a number of churches and really he's had a hard life. Most of the churches, all the churches he's been in, it's been difficult. He's got two children, they're both autistic, just difficult life. So we were, we were together, he said, some months ago, and we were in this coffee shop talking and he was saying, I don't know, I said, I think maybe God, I don't know, maybe he's angry with me, but I don't know if I did something to him, it's just my life is hard. And so the brother, the guy that was speaking to us, tried to encourage his brother. And then they left and went their separate ways. This man was carrying this burden for his brother. The next morning, he was having his daily devotions. Did you hear me out there? The next morning, he was having his, his habitual daily devotions. Had this heavy burden for his brother. Praying for his brother. And he said he opened this devotional book, this old devotional book called Streams in the Desert. Some of you know what that is. It's a great little devotional book. So I opened it up to that day, and a verse jumped off the page at me, and I said, that's for my brother. He said he called his brother and shared the verse with him, and he said to us Tuesday night, he says, from that day till this, my brother's life has been changed. Why? Because of prayer... And living in God's Word. Brothers and sisters, if you aren't doing it, you aren't getting it. We all need to do that. And I am talking to myself too. I've got to hurry up. I'm sorry. I knew that first one would take long. I probably should have just stopped there. But, but here we go. The second phrase is found in verse 5. In verse 5 it says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is Jesus talking to His disciples, His followers, and to us. Apart from me... You can do nothing. Here's the concept. It's simple. You are not equipped to run your life. I'm not either. You're just not equipped. If you think you are, just look around and see some of the messes that you've made. You're not equipped to run your life. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Once we get plugged into the vine... Once we get plugged in and remain in me, we are to live our lives according to the Scripture, according to our relationship with God. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. End of discussion. Next phrase. 
The third phrase is found in verse 7. Verse 7 says, ask whatever you wish. Now this trips up a lot of people. Ask whatever you wish. This is a phrase that's difficult. Let's read it. Verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Do you see the formula there? Remain in me, then ask. Remain in me, then ask. Ask whatever you wish. Now, it sounds like a genie in a bottle. But what it is, is the longer we're plugged in, the more our wishes line up with the will of the Father. And you can ask whatever you wish. We're so connected to Christ that we wouldn't ask Him anything that was selfish. We're just connected to Christ. We're into Him. Ask whatever you wish. You know, I thought one time that that I'd like to invent a new Bible. And this Bible would be for people that are plugged in. If you would buy the Bible and you're not plugged into Christ, if you aren't in Christ, then there would be certain phrases in the Bible that would be invisible. You'd open the Bible and somehow the Bible would know by your hands touching it that, nope, this person isn't plugged in. So there would be certain phrases, certain verses that are invisible because you know why? They're not for you. Here's one of them. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Ask whatever you wish. That's not for you unless you're plugged in, remain in Christ. Somebody say amen. just encourages me a little bit there. The fourth key phrase is found in verse 8. Bear much fruit. Did you know that God expects people like you and me to bear fruit? It's not an option. It's an expectation. He doesn't expect you to bear fruit like I am supposed to bear fruit or doesn't expect me to bear fruit like you. He expects you to be available to God and let Him define what it means for you to bear fruit. All He's asking for you is to be available. That's all He's asking. We are expected to bear much fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Yes. But also the fruit of discipleship. It's God's plan to spread us out around the community and touch people for Christ. That's your assignment and mine. We're going to be hearing a lot more about that through this year. Finally, the last key phrase in John 15 is found in verses 12 and 17. Let me read those two verses to you. Verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Verse 17. This is my command. Love each other. This is is what I command my children. Love each other. Let me ask you something. How would you like to be part of a church where people lived like that? How would you like to be part of a church where people loved each other? In Christ, it's possible. Here's what you do. You know that person that you just can't half stand? You start now and you pray, Lord, help me love that person. Because it's what God expects. It's a command. 
especially for people who remain in Christ. Well, perhaps today Jesus would pass through, just walk across the front here, and Jesus would stop and he would look at us, look us right in the eye, right into the core of our being and say, love each other. I am the vine. You are the branches. Remain in me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Father, would you brand these truths on our heart? We desperately need you. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together.